Do you ever hear people say, if these walls could just talk? Well, they can't. So <laughs> that's why I put a lot of intention into collecting people's voices where they actually talk about the walls. And I think there's something about intonation and accent and everything about the way a person speaks that tells you a lot about them, things you can't get from a photo or any kind of other recollection. And that's why it was my great privilege to speak to Lorraine Walker Carpenter and to make two episodes out of it. Now, she did point out, as much as she absolutely loved having the recordings of her talking about her garden, that when I got the family history, I got it wrong. One is I wanted to talk to her about the family log cabin, which was not reassembled by a family member, but by a man named Tony Gray, who collected the cabin and preserved it. And the family had essentially abandoned it. And the other thing is, last week, when I was talking about this amazing photo of probably a hundred family members that she collected painstakingly the names and attached them to this hundred-year-old photo. I said it was her father who was a little, or her grandfather was a little boy. It was actually her father in the photo. He was eight years old at the time. And that goes to say that these are conversations. It's not journalism. It's a conversation. People are going to get things wrong. I'm going to get things wrong, but I'm happy to set them right when I do. And this week, it's to preserve her voice talking about the family home and the family name, which is attached to local history. And I think it's really neat. You really get a sense of her and how Lorraine is invested in this, this week. We just got this finished. That was, this has been about 40 years that I've worked on that. This is In Her Words a podcast from manlisting.com, featuring one man listening to the stories of real women in their own words. In Her Words, a conversation worth hearing because every woman deserves to be heard. Hello there, and welcome to In Her Words, the podcast. This week, Lorraine Walker Carpenter, again, talking about her own history. Last week, we talked about gardening, organic gardening, and tips. And there's a lot of things, I don't know if you've had this experience, if you have a photo and you don't have family members to tell you who's in the historic photo, then it's, it's like something's lost. There's a sense of sadness. Well, Lorraine Walker Carpenter went back painstakingly through a family photo so that we would know just about everybody who was in that photo, including her father as a little boy and her grandfather. Um, so she has this lineage and this connection. And a lot of times it's people's voices that connect us to that family, to that sense of continuity to the past and where we come from. And tonight, the story of Walker's Ferry Road and who the Walkers were with Lorraine Walker Carpenter. You and I have been meaning to talk for yeah. 18 months yeah. at least. Um, because of your family cabin out in Waxhaw now, but behind the cabin is the family name, is the family history, which is part and parcel of Charlotte and, and the Charlotte area. So back up and tell me how long have the walkers been around 
this area? Um, let's see. I think it was 18... They've got a circia. So it wasn't the Revolutionary War. Um, you know, it was my, in the 1800s. 1870. Yeah, they, that's when they think that the log cabin was built. Okay, now where is Walters Ferry Road? Um, if you go out, um, let's see, Berry Hill Road. Okay. Eventually... Uh, it will you will see Walker's Ferry. It's a lot smaller because where the cabin was, 485 was going to go through there. Mm. And one of my um, great uncles, Les, he held the property uh, because he was the only one that wanted to farm when when it as it turned out. And so he had sold it. You know, the property has probably been. Um, let's see, it was it six years ago when this cabin was discovered? And then he may have let go of it about 15 years ago. So the city owned the property. The miracle is Tony, who lives in Waxhaw, mm -hmm. uh, probably on about five to 10 acres of land. He was driving down that part and the house was there. And this is what the house looked like. Mm -hmm. Okay. He was driving down that road, and he said the log cabin was There's in that wooden, area. Wooden siding. Yep. And he said there was a couple pieces of siding off the house. There was a bulldozer there, and he was looking for a log cabin. How how coincidental that is, right? Mm -hmm. And he thought he saw a log cabin, and he stopped. And so he contacted the city, which was a long story, but he contacted them, bought the house for $500. Cause the uh, bought the log cabin. The log bought the whole house. At this time, the, it was the whole house still there. Okay, so what you're saying is that house is built around around the log, the log cabin. cabin. That's what pre preserved it. And did he know there was a log cabin in the middle of he it? He did because when he was driving past, there was enough of the planks off with the bulldozer that he thought he saw a log cabin. And so he stopped and said, "There's a log cabin in here," and he was looking for one. Contacted the city and bought the house for five hundred dollars. What kind of shape was it in? Oh, I'm sure it was in bad shape. You know, I mean. So they didn't preserve the house; they preserved the log cabin. Right, but nobody knew the log cabin was in there except some of the heirs that maybe grew up and knew it, but nobody really talked about it. But they didn't care anything about. It. I guess not. You know. Wow. So he didn't buy the land. He bought the cabin. And then did he have to disassemble it? He had the money to tear the house down himself mm -hmm. and the knowledge to dissemble the log cabin and number it and put it back together on his property. And so I have an uncle uh, who didn't live far from there and he saw him working down there. So that's how he started getting the history Okay. After Walker's. Yep. Now, Walker's Ferry would have been a family-run ferry. People would pay to take their horse-drawn carts or yep. by foot to cross the Catawba River. Now, would they have crossed into Gaston County? Is mm -hmm. that? Yep. So this would have been just after 1870 would have been just after the Civil War. Right. Five years after the right. Civil War. Right. So there was still reconstruction and mm -hmm. uh you know still rebuilding rebuilding mm -hmm. and they would have run that uh, for a profit as a business probably probably didn't feed the family probably also had a farm exactly but it got people across so commerce now 
if that road were today, would it be crossing Mountain Island Lake? Is that? Uh, you mean where the cabin was? Right. The, 485. Where the, where the ferry was. You know, that's the, we, we've got an old map. You know, ferry's business was big back then. Mm -hmm. So we found Walker's Ferry, but there's a bunch of different ferries. Mm -hmm. um, there were the Sloan's and uh, so uh, it was a big business. So yeah, it must have really supported um, for him and his family. I mean, there were. Um, so see. suffice it to say, it was now the Catawba is one of the most dammed up rivers east of the Mississippi uh, because Mr. Duke, Mr. Duke. <laughs> saw a way to make electricity along the way. Mm. And so now that is Mountain Island Lake or is it Lake Wiley? I've heard it's Lake Wiley. Lake Wiley. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it probably would have gone into Gaston. Mm -hmm. It's now Gaston. Right. Canada. Like south of Belmont, that kind of thing. Right. Wow. Yep. So would it have gone off the main branch or the South Fork? I have no idea. No. We can't find any history of it. That's. But you found that map. Right. 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 Yeah. I bet some of the history people could help you. With well, that. you know, Dan, is it moral? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get in touch with him. Um, we just got this finished. That was, this has been about 40 years that I've worked on that. Wow. Capturing, I mean, I had a great aunt that had, well, actually. Capturing every name of yeah. all this big sprawling family, yep. 115 of them. Yep. And I noticed less than 10 question marks. Yeah. And and a lot of these were neighbors, you know, back then. And their picture was taken in front of the in house. In front of the house. surrounded. The log, the log cabin. The log cabin. Yep. And it was taken in 1928. So yep. Just think that was more than 50 years. Yeah. And this photo is 95 years old. Mm-hmm. For them to have a panoramic. Um, yeah. Nice. So when I got it at the age 30, um, what I did is I went and made copies and I numbered everybody. So anytime there was a birthday, a funeral, I would just carry my stuff and say, do you know anybody on this? So I had an uncle, a cousin that had some information. Hmm. So then uh, my cousin Ruby and I got together about five years ago, and she took her stuff, my stuff. We put it together. Oh, my word. Yep. But they're all kind of names, not just walkers. No. I mean, Sloan's. And then my great-great-great-grandmother my great, mm -hmm. uh, was a um, – oh, gosh, what's the name of the, the – Mitchell. Mitchell. Mitchell Tuxedo was ah. in that family. Yeah. And here's an Elizabeth Mitchell Walker and yep. your great grandmother was married. That's my great great grandmother. Yep. Oh wow. Yep. And then uh, my dad is right here. He looks so much like my grandson. <laughs> yes. And it's funny, Roy Lee Walker Jr. There yep. he is. Yep. Just a boy. Just a boy. Agent. It's amazing. Yep. But the tallest man on the back row. Uh huh. Was my grandfather. Uh huh. Let's see if you can right there. 21? Yep. See if 21 is Roy 21 Lee. 21 is Roy Lee Walker there Senior. There it is. You can spot him. Yeah. You don't even have to look. Yeah. And my, my ex-husband was only about 5'7". So when my son was about third grade, he, we went to the pediatrician. He was like, am I going to be tall? And he got all the statistics and he was like, I don't think so. And so my son took after my grandfather. And he's like six foot one. He loves it. Do they live around here? Yeah. Are they... 
do they care? They about do it? care about it. Um, you know, what I've got, I've got them matted and framed for them. And I'm going to go ahead and give them one. And then I'm the book's about 140. And I'm going to go ahead and buy them one mm -hmm. because I told my daughter, I said, if something happened, like my house burned or something, yeah, y'all will get all this stuff when I die, but it's going to be best to everybody to have their own right now. How old are your grandkids? Uh, I've got a 30 year old granddaughter and then a nine year old grandson. Um, do yeah. you have any great grands? Mm -mm. Not yet. Not yet. Mm -mm. If, yeah. If she's wild. 30 or if there are other two. That's it. That's, she's not married. That's bound. Know. That's bound to. Yeah. You know, and if what people don't realize is unless we do this kind of thing. Yeah. When those people at family reunions go away. So does the knowledge. So we end up with all these photos. Yeah. But we don't know who's in them. We don't know who they are. Yeah, it's sad. So thank God you did that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my mother was Cajun mm -hmm. from Louisiana. So every time I would go there, I would like, who, you know, tell me. And I love the stories. My grandmother would tell me about the pirates and she'd make meals for them. And it scared me. I'd be like in the first grade, you know, I would be scared to death that night. But she also taught me how to roll my own cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> she was a, she was something else. Well, what's the trick in rolling your own cigarettes? Oh, it's holding your hands just right, you know, and she'd take that can of tobacco and I was Because otherwise fascinated. they'll be fat or thin or they yeah, won't burn she right. Yeah, she you know, and she'd let me try it. And I was like, good. She'd God. have the touch. Yeah. And you have the, um, the uh, gum. You'd have to wet it. Yeah. 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 Now people roll a joint, but they don't know how to roll a cigarette. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah. seen guys in prison when they let them smoke in prison. Oh, they let them roll the, it? The money, mm. it would go farther if they bought a tin of tobacco and papers. Right. You know, with the price of cigarettes. Exactly. They would roll more. Yeah. But now people yeah. don't do it as much. Mm -mm. No, yeah. but I'm getting ready to do, I've got a really cool picture of my, my mom when she was really young and her, her family. It's not that big, but it's, it's a good one that I've collected. What kind of work did your grandfather do? He was uh, um, probably one of the third in Charlotte to get his state license to be a plumber. Mm. And so it was Roy Lee Walker Plumbing Company. Mm-hmm. And then my father was a plumber. My brothers were plumbers. They did swimming pools. And so I kind of grew up in the business of, uh, you know, learning about, uh, learned a lot about my dad's business. You know, the, he talked about the uh, repair business was what kept your business going, you know, and, um, it's not installing the plumbing. It's repairing. It's repairing it. it. Yep. Same as a car dealership. Yep. It's this service that makes the money. Yep. And he was, a, he was, my dad didn't talk a lot. He, and I learned more about what I saw him do. And I learned how to price jobs. And I was like in high school. And and he would take them in like the really poor black woman or whatever. When I'd price it, like he showed me how he would change all of it, you hmm. know, and wouldn't charge her that much. I just thought this, that says a lot, you know. Yeah. And take advantage of them. And the funny thing is now you got all these kids who want to go to law school and it's mm -hmm. a shorter pathway to being a master plumber. Yeah. People will always need you. Yep. You can, if you don't hang out your own shingle, you can always get hired. Electrician, any kind of master craftsman. And yet, for some reason, people still think 
they yeah. need to be a lawyer. Well, so. we've pushed them to go to college, get your math. You know, we pretty much, you know, but my, when my son went to state, uh, he was the type that did not like to even check his oil in his car. Mm -hmm. And I would make him check the air, air pressure. And I said, you need to learn how to do stuff because you're going to get ripped off. I said, when I called a plumber, because everybody was gone in my family, I had to know better about what he was going to do because he'd rip me off. Mm -hmm. And I said, you better know how to do stuff. And so he little by little was getting blue on the hand, <laughs> learning to do stuff. Yeah. Now, what will you do for yourself in the home? Like if a toilet breaks? Oh, if it break breaks, I get it repaired. I get it replaced. But, no, but I mean, the way that leaking, the, well, or... the way that they're made now, like my friend's uh, toilet's running. Used to, you could make adjustments on the chain, and you open them up. Now they're so modern. I was like, oh, I don't know what to do to it. Yeah. Not like these cars, you can't work on them anymore. You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's really what. What about a? Like uh, uh, disposal under the sink or something like that. I mean, I know how to reset. I've never had a disposal because I compost. Oh, smart. Yes. But my son has one. And um, so, you know, little things like that, you know, I can do. Um, I, I never have wanted to mess with electricity. You know, yeah. people that say, oh, it's easy to put a, a fan in when you've got the, I don't, don't want to mess with it. You know, there's just things I want to pay for. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. That's good. Yep. Um, Darn, I wish I'd have thought I'd have brought you a beautiful Italian squash. I'd love to see it. Yes. You, you held your hands out. Are they that big? Yes. They are amazing. You know, I just, yeah, I just fathom. So how do you cook them? Oh, you can eat it raw, chopped up in a salad, or you can cut it up and I stir fry in coconut oil. You mm -hmm. know, you can make fritters. Um, I mean, I throw it in my soup and it's, it's, it's just amazing. It's brought more neighbors of mine walking by my house because it, I have an arch trellis that I put it on. Mm -hmm. And it not only went up that, but then it caught a hold of the peach tree and went up the peach tree and then went, went on top of my house. Mm -hmm. You want to see a picture of it hanging? <laughs> I mean, people would walk by my house and you'd see them go, what hey, is so that? So you never cut it back? No, I had to. You the, just let it go. Yep. The neighbor who saw it, I said, if you'll, you know, I got a 20-foot ladder. If you'll go up there and get it, I'll give you all the squash you want. We can, we can plant it, you know? Wow. Okay, albums. You know what we got growing right off my porch mm -mm. from Halloween? The pumpkin. Oh, yeah. It's growing. And, and we've got blooms. And so my wife said, wouldn't it be great if we have pumpkin? So she hadn't, you probably she hadn't will. cut it back. I had a watermelon that came up, and it That's did. the thing. If you keep your... Uh, if you keep your mulch, if you keep your compost, sometimes they'll just grow right Yeah, up. it's true. And I never used to have to grow butternut because you'd throw a you know, nasty one in there or something, and there it was. And then it would rot, and the seeds would come right back. Yep. All right, so. Oh, my word. Can you see it hanging? Look at that. Oh, my word. You need to send me that picture. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean. And there's one. I, if you don't want to eat it, here's the beauty. Oh, they're really long. It's almost like a walking stick with yes. like a bulb on the end. If you don't want to eat it, you can let it stay on the vine. It'll become a butternut flavor, not a butternut squash. But this is how you get your seeds. Mm. And so putting it on my concrete carport, I didn't think about the moisture. Mm -hmm. So it really rotted. Ah. 
So I just took it and, and just threw it in the garden mm-hmm. and covered it. It came back. <laughs> Don't ever underestimate the power of a Plant. of a seed. Yes. But that's why they call it a tromboncino. Ah, because it looks kind of like a trombone. Yeah. If it's left to not be able to hang, it goes straight. But if it's sitting on the vine, mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty cool. That's neat. Yep. Well. I'll send you those. I appreciate it. Yep. Um, do you have any recordings of your father or your? Mm-mm. Well, no. I'll tell you, now your children will have a recording there of you. There you go. Good job. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's pretty. I didn't know we were going to talk about gardening. That's how it came up, huh? I didn't either. <laughs> I think it's great. It is. So I, I ask everybody the same question. Um, if you and I got struck by lightning today and the only thing that survived was this piece of audio, what is your legacy? What is my legacy? What do you mean? Like if that's the only thing left and we're dead? Yeah, and you get to say what your legacy is. Oh, if I was to now say it, because yeah. I know that I'm going to be gone. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. That's a good one. Like, what are you proudest of? What? How did you make a difference? Hmm. That's, that's, there's a lot of different things, uh, really. I think learning how to garden has been my greatest um, contribution because I've been able to help people without money to eat good food and teach people, you know, um, it's, it's, you know, been interesting that, um, learning about just the ecosystem. And if you really just watch nature, it'll teach you what to do, you know, kind of like our life. If we just take time, you know, we'll hear our guidance, right? Amen. You'll hear that voice. Yeah. I mean, it's true. I've heard it three times in my life. What did it say the other two times? My whole garden was taken over by morning glories and passion vine. And I looked at it and my beekeeper was over there and I went, whoa, I love that. And within a week, because of all the passion vines, I had the most amazing Gulf fritillary butterfly that was everywhere because the passion vine is a host plant for it. And it was like that voice said, transformation, Mm. this is happening. And then the voice said, "Um, do you want to fire yourself as God? And I went, oh my gosh, is that what I've been doing? Pretty much. (laughs) And trying to run the show. But I knew that was divine because have you ever heard anybody say that? No. No. I mean, I've heard we can't be God. The book talks about it, but I hadn't even gotten into the book yet. So I knew it was divine. Yeah. So, yeah, growing food has been something I can share. I mean, my daughter is 48 and she she says, Mom, you need to write a book about organics. People do not believe I'm this age. When I was 20, they'd make me they'd make me show my license. And she said, it's because you grew it, you grew us up on organics. I want you to write a book. And I'm like, I can't write a book. Yeah. Just can't write a book. You can't put this stuff down. Well, what I could do is follow you around with a recorder. Yeah. We could do that. She did a she did a podcast of my garden. She's a mixologist. Ah. So she comes and she's like, What's that? And I said, That's borage. You can make a you can make a simple syrup with that. It'll taste like cucumber. 
So she'll take the flowers and she makes drinks and really pretty stuff. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, God bless you for making time. God bless you for wanting to do this. I appreciate You're it. You're good at this. I like this. Mm -hmm. Yep. Thank you. And last week this time, I got a text message no later than 7.22 a.m. on Thursday from Lorraine Walker Carpenter, who said, This is beautiful, truly spontaneous, a certain euphoric high. Words cannot express how thankful I am. And words can't express how thankful I am to be able to capture her voice, her unique voice. That's what we do. Thank you guys for coming along. In Her Words is a production of the Queen City Podcast Network in cooperation with Balto Creative Media. Allison Andrews at Andrews Creative, Rachel Clapp Miller and Roshonda Pratt are developmental producers. Sally Higgins at Higgins and Owens tries to keep us legal. Our music is A Day at the Park by the group Pictures of the Floating World. Your announcer is Catherine Smith. That's me. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and take a moment to rate and review. It really helps others find us. If you love us, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com. Look for Man Listening. One word no spaces. A small investment makes a big difference in lifting up the voices of women. A huge shout out and thank you to everyone who has supported manlistening.com in her words, the podcast and now voicelocket.com. My latest venture onward and upward. Got exciting plans for what will be next. Talk to you later. Thank you for your support. We believe one voice can change the conversation. Thanks so much. <laughs>